I'm Gregory Berg. The following morning show interview from the morning show archives is more than 20 years old, but I want to share it because all across the country, there are young people who have either already or are about to travel to their respective colleges and universities to begin another year of study, albeit under the unsettling circumstances of the COVID-19 pandemic. Much of the specific information shared in this interview is no longer specifically applicable, but I think all kinds of wonderful insights are shared by my morning show guest on what it takes for a young person to succeed in the college environment and some of the special challenges that are faced by new college students. Marla Greenspan, at the time of this interview, was a member of the advising center staff at Carthage College, working in particular with freshmen and new students. Marla left Carthage in the early 2000s uh, for other opportunities, but has returned to Carthage and is teaching there now under her married name of Marla Polly. This interview is not specifically dated by my best estimate. It dates from either 1997 or 1998. I hope you will enjoy it. One thing that maybe we don't think about a lot, those of us who went to college a long, long time ago, is what that experience is like when you are walking onto a college campus for the first time as a student, perhaps a long way from home, and experiencing a lot of brand new things for the very first time. It can be exciting, but it can also be really frightening, sometimes downright traumatic. And it can also be an experience that really throws a lot of very stiff challenges uh, at students, academic challenges and otherwise. At Carthage College, there is uh, a special office uh, the Advising Center, which uh, in, in large part tries to deal with some of those challenges for first-year college students to help them in the transition and to, to make their uh, academic experience an ultimately successful one. And we're going to be talking today on the morning show as part of our observance of American Education Week with Marla Greenspan, who is in the Advising Center at Carthage College, and she is an advisor for first-year students at Carthage. And so she is in the trenches and sees a lot of these problems and challenges on a, on a daily basis. And we'll find out about the work that she, that she does in Carthage's Advising Center and, uh, and some of the things that she and her colleagues do to try and ease the way for newcomers to the Carthage campus. She uh, also uh, teaches uh, Heritage, which is the freshman studies course at, uh, at Carthage, and also teaches a special course in study skills, which uh, strikes right at the heart of uh, much of what we're going to talk about today. Marla Greenspan, welcome to The Morning Show. Nice to be here. Let's find out first on a real fundamental level with uh, one of those unglamorous questions just <laughs> what do you do on an ongoing basis in the advising center uh, well I on a typical day I'll meet with first-year students who come to my office for any number of reasons depending on the time of year they'll come in for an appointment either to talk about what's been going on with them how their studies are going how they're adjusting tell me their trials and tribulations or they might come in less frequently to pick out some courses and look at some scheduling types of issues. Hmm. Um, that's a smaller part of what we do. Generally, in the advising center, we try to deal with the whole student, deal with them with their academics, deal with them with what they're dealing with socially, how it's working out with them just starting out to be a brand new student. Hmm. How big is the advising center? We have five first-year advisors working. 
Wow. And then are there other student advisors that deal with students from that point on? Like Yes, we have them for the first year. They're down in the advising center being advised by people who are specially trained to work with first-year students. Then once they're sophomores and they've selected a major, they'll go on to a faculty advisor in their academic department. If they haven't chosen a major, then they stay down with us until they do. Hmm. So we have, we've got a few stragglers. <laughs> I like that. And they stay down with us. <laughs> I just say that because our, our office is on, the, is on the ground floor of one of the residences. Oh, so okay. There you it's go. not a dungeon. <laughs> well, I bet you, I bet you really uh, experience a lot of different things. So you, so you deal with students whether they're succeeding or not. I mean, you're, you're not just dealing with students having problems. Definitely. And I think that's probably one of the nicest part of the job. You never know quite what the day is going to bring. Sometimes I'll see a student who is just doing super. They're real involved with activities. They're very happy. Their classes are going terrific. And they're just really, really doing well. And then the next student might be having a little more difficult time. They might be having a little more trouble fitting in, or they might be having some academic challenges. They might be finding their classes are more than they expected them to be. They might think their roommates we always say an, an alien, mm-hmm. um, and they they really are having some some challenges. So so we never quite know what the day is going to bring. The nicest thing too is that 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 student I told you about the second one. The next time they come in, oftentimes they're doing a lot better. So mm. it's very exciting to watch them progress through the course of the year. You you remember back. Remember back in September when you hated your roommate and you, all your classes were horrible and you didn't know how to take notes and, and you were really freaked out? And then in May, they barely even remember that, mm. and, and they just are doing great. So that's really thrilling to see. Wow. Uh, we're going to dig into the specifics in just a moment. Sure. I'm curious, how would, you, how would you kind of break down the numbers if that's even possible? Uh, I mean, between the two, a student that comes in and everything's rolling hunky-dory and then someone else who's really struggling, is that kind of a 50-50 thing or is it such a mix that it's really hard to say? Well, I think it depends on the time of year. Mm. Um, this time of year, getting close to final exams uh, and the novelty's sort of worn off with some of the roommates. I think, I think maybe it might be close to 60, 40, 60 being students who are doing okay and 40 the students who are, are having some trouble. But I'd say by May, it's, it's a much higher percentage of students who are doing just fine. Hmm. Um, I, I, it's hard to say. Also, year by year, we, we are randomly selected which advisees we get. And mm. it'll seem like one year I have a group who they're just all cooking. They're doing just great. <laughs> and the next year I'm thinking, oh, they're, they're all having trouble. What am I doing wrong? Ah. So it, it is interesting. And it, it, seems to, it seems to happen day by day, too. I'll have five students in a row who are having a, a terrific time. And then I'll see four in a row who are just really struggling. So. Mm. Um, it's, it's hard to say, really, numbers. Right. I'm curious to find out about how you got into this whole area. Let's, let's find out a little bit about you um, personally and, and how you came into this particular field. Oh, that, that's interesting. I, I have a degree in theater, and I finished college, and I, and I was a starving actress, and I was starving so much <laughs> <laughs> and living with my parents, so I, I thought I, I wanted to go out and get a job, so I, I went and got a typical 
you know, starving actress job in a retail store and sold shoes. And I found that while I was doing that, one of the things I enjoyed the most was talking to the teenagers who would come in to the store. And I really enjoyed that. And I thought, well, I think I might like to have a different kind of job and go to work at a college. So I had started to get out of the acting field more and and went over and worked at a college just in the financial aid op office as a secretary and mm. very quickly found that I had a nice rapport with the students and the person who had hired me recognized that and I started doing um, student employment. And I found that I really enjoyed working with the first-year students most of all. Be just because of that giant leap they take their first year, it was just so interesting to me. So I went to graduate school while I was um, working at the college and then I got a master's in counseling, and mm. then I came to Carthage. Wow. When one studies counseling, what do you learn? What That's kinds of things do you learn? Well, it really depends on the area that you want to focus in. I was focused on student development, and I was focused on the types of counseling that you typically do with students isn't long-term, let's talk about your childhood counseling. It's you're very stressed out today. You've got exams in a week. Let's see what we can do for you just to help you function during that week. And then maybe in January when we have a little more time, we'll try to talk about what caused the stress in the first place. Mm. So I learned a lot of brief solution-oriented counseling, a lot of behavioral work, which seems to work real well with students. The, the, um, the thing I guess I could compare it to is a lot of doctors go into a pediatric specialty because they, they find that the problems are uh, very fixable. And, mm. and one of the, the nice things about working with students is they, they, they really are very resilient. So being able to capitalize on that in a counseling standpoint has been nice. So that was, that was part of what I focused on in my master's. I, I focused also on um, adolescent grief, which I, which I uh, unfortunately have an opportunity to use quite a bit because uh, when a student experiences a death in their family, when they're in college, it's, it's oftentimes a very difficult situation. So mm -hmm. I was fortunate to have some training in that, and I've been able to help some students that way. Hmm. Uh, how long ago did you come to Carthage? This is my fourth year. Hmm. We're halfway through my fourth year. Wow. So this is the year that my first advisees are seniors. Mm. So it's really neat to see them walking around, my, my little babies, <laughs> and here they are graduating. Right, at a commencement day, you'll be weeping into a <laughs> handkerchief at oh. the back of the room, I suppose. Really, I'll be cheering. I'll be so thrilled. <laughs> it's nice to see them have done so well. Huh. We're talking with Marla Greenspan. She uh, works in the Advising Center at Carthage College. She is an advisor for first-year students, and we're finding out a little about her experience uh, at Carthage and, and working with first-year students. And um, I'm curious to get a, f a sense from you of the kinds of, of things that can go wrong for a student, um, the kinds of, in what ways college can become, as particularly academically, an unpleasant surprise. What kinds of things do you see? Well, I think one thing that I see a great deal are students who come in very academically strong. And, and, and I was this type of student myself, so I can, I can really relate to these students. Very bright students who throughout high school found that they really didn't have to study very much to do well. They, they could listen in class, not really take notes too well, just maybe jot down a couple of things, listen to the teacher, sort of, you know, do the reading while you're listening to the stereo and eating popcorn and making a phone call, and, and still do very well. 
When they get to college, though, the stakes are a lot higher, and they, they find that the study skills that got them through in high school aren't going to cut it in college. So that's where a lot of students find that, that they're getting some unpleasant surprises. They haven't, they haven't really known how to take notes. It's not, um, it's not something we really teach in schools. We think that people are sort of picking it up along the way, mm. but a lot of times students aren't. So that's something that we really try to work with students a lot. You know, how, are, how did you study for that test that you, that you were unpleasantly surprised to get a D minus in? Did you, did you start to anticipate test questions long in advance? Did you make sure you understood all the material? So I think that, that the basic study skill issue at first is just really a, a shock. A, a sense of not thinking, oh, you know, I, I couldn't just study for that test the night before the way I did in high school. I had to do it more long term. Hmm. I bet you see an interesting range, though, because I suppose certain other students come in from uh, very rigorous high schools where where actually those study skills were demanded of them earlier. Mm -hmm. Sure. I, I, think, I think obviously that that's not, that's not universal to all mm -hmm. students. I think there are some students whose academic challenges are are less and and they've been fortunate or they are fortunate in that way uh, for a lot of those students we are seeing in the scholars program they they have issues well actually i don't want to necessarily say this about those particular students i think another issue i'll say that i we see with some students is college is a lot more distracting than mm. than they expected it to be. There's a lot of a lot of things pulling their attention. If they're really involved with activities, gee, it's eleven o'clock at night. I haven't started my calculus homework, which I have tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. So uh, for a lot of them, it's just they're they're taking such a huge bite out of life that that finding time to get their homework in is a little more difficult. Mm. Um, and, and we really we really try to encourage students to study during the day as much as they can because at night there's lots of fun things going on. And <laughs> they don't want to miss any of those. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, 11 o'clock is in a real great time to start doing homework. So just a lot of, um, I guess you could look at it as a lot of teaching yourself to make those kinds of decisions, you know, when to study, when to go to bed, when to get up, uh, and, and, and not... You know, boy, I'm not making them sound too bright, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I can think back to when I was in college and thinking two hours of sleep was really plenty. Mm. And and you know, of course, of of course, that's totally normal. And and I think that that it's not as if they're not thinking about it. I just think that there there's lots of distractions around, and and it is hard to stay motivated. I'm mm -hmm. sure we all relate with it on a daily basis. Sure, I think too that when you when you first come to college, one of the things that can be kind of disconcerting, bewildering, exciting all at once, is the fact that all of a sudden, all of these decisions are yours to make. Nobody nobody is telling you it's time to go to bed, Frank. I mean, it's. Mm -hmm. You decide, really, ultimately, when you go to bed. You yourself, and and you're making decisions about all kinds of things that were never really exclusively your decisions before. Sure, you could have a diet consisting of Doritos, Fruit Loops, and Diet Coke for a week, and and no one's really going to tell you. Hmm, Don't do that. That's not a real great idea, and and I think that 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 is how we figure this stuff out, and, and that's that's something. I see a lot more with my sophomores who have an undecided major who are still coming to see me. They'll say, y you know what I figured out? I figured out that I, I, can, I can't party six nights a week. I, I've got to cut it down to maybe three. <laughs> and and they're, they're, they really feel that, that that's something they've really gotten a hold of. 
It's not like, hey, I heard if you touch that stove, it's pretty hot. But once they get right up next to it, they think, hey, you know, it really is. That 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 wasn't just something mom and dad were telling me. Mm, there is some truth to all that. Sure. So there's a lot of sorting out that happens. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm, I'm kind of surprised, uh, as you characterize your work, I'm surprised at how sort of um, psychological it is or <laughs> or I mean that you're dealing with a lot of kind of emotional issues and, and so on mm-hmm. I I would have guessed that there maybe wasn't time for a lot of that and it was much more nuts and bolts what are you going to take next semester and so on no way that's a very small part of what we do well if you think about it this way okay imagine this happens to you next week you're going to go someplace where you've maybe visited once or twice and you're going to live in a very small room with someone you don't know I mean, that that in itself is extremely stressful. Just just the whole roommate situation is often very mentally challenging for students. Now, a lot of times they get along great with their roommate, and we, we love to see that happen, and, and obviously sometimes it doesn't. And then you're going to go into an academic situation where a lot more is being expected of you, but you're not real sure what that is necessarily. And... You're you're far away, and you're being asked to make all of those decisions for yourself, and there's really no one around checking up on you. So it is a very disconcerting experience to start mm. college. I th- I was thinking about this one day. It was the the day the the parents had dropped off the students, and the students had a little settle-in time in the residence halls. And I was walking from one end of campus to to another, and I saw a student walking by herself, and she was she was crying. And mm. so I stopped and I talked to her for a few minutes, and I gave her a hug and we you know I told her come down and see me in my office and and she was she was going to and I sent her on her way and then I walked about 20 more feet and there was another one and there oh no <laughs> well when I finally got to my car I was crying I was just I remembered so much how that had felt just to have your your folks drop you off and be like okay this is all on me now there's really lots of pressure hmm. Oh, I feel nervous just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you catch your breath while I reintroduce you. We're talking with Marla Greenspan about her experience working in Carthage's Advising Center, where she is an advisor for first-year students. Um, there are certain standards that uh, a Carthage student has to meet in order to be even accepted into the college, so it's probably a safe bet that that every student that enters the campus to some extent has has the wherewithal to succeed. Oh, definitely. I, I think that, that for, for some students it's going to come more easily than for others. But but it's very rewarding to see the students find that ability in themselves. For a lot of them, they think, oh, there's there's no way. There's no way I'm going to make it through this class. And we'll try to work with them to, to develop some some skills that they might not have had. But but when you really do see them succeed, it's just it's so great. Mm-hmm. They, they really... It's it's life changing in many cases for them. They they can do something they never thought they could, uh, and and for some of them it takes a little longer to discover that they they almost for for the ones who think it's going to be difficult for them they're gonna they're gonna make that come true for a while in some cases, but mostly they they figure it out. Now the the students who come to Carthage having committed to a major and so on they've made that decision of course quite apart from the advising center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I suppose in some cases they've maybe made a decision that wasn't the wisest. What sorts of things do you see? Oh, sure. well, well, we have students change their major all the time. I had a student last year. I had about seven appointments with them, and they had changed their major each time. So, mm. so they had they had really run the gamut. We we really do try to encourage every student to explore 
so if they'll come in with a decided major, even though they've said that, we'll say, we'll say, okay, you know, let, let's let's always keep our eyes open for other kinds of options, because we have a great great example of a, a professor who started out as an accounting major in college and took one psychology course and said, no, this is it. This is really what I want to do. And and we really celebrate those types of things. We try to encourage them to explore. And that's why they came to a liberal arts school in the first place, we hope. So we, we try to have them explore through the curriculum. Even though they may come in as a business major, they're still going to take something in the humanities division. They're still going to take some fine arts. They're still going to take some science. So if they find their niche in one of those other areas, we think that's great. We, we, we don't have any motivation to have them stick with that major once they picked it as a first-year student. Quite the opposite. Mm. That's interesting, too, because then that also means that in some ways you have to make sure that you do your work in, a, in kind of an isolation in some ways in that um, it would be in the interest of Department A, perhaps, <laughs> to hold on to Student B uh, for them to stick with such and such a major, but uh, you need to probably do your advising and counseling as much as you can without thinking about the wishes of certain <laughs> uh, faculty members and departments. Oh, yes, we just steer clear of them. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm only joking, but but truly that is one of the, the best reasons why a first-year student should be advised separate from an academic department, because obviously, well-meaningly, they, they would definitely steer them in that direction, because that—that's what if the student's chosen that major, they're not going to say, "Now, are you sure? Are mm -hmm. you really, really sure?" So, so that's that's a nice thing. I think the students do feel a little more free to explore. Now, obviously, there are some who come in decided, and that's the major they choose, and and that's what they go on to do. But but there are a, a very large number who change their mind at least once. Mm -hmm. so. How do students having trouble find you? Um, because, I mean, I, I'm sort of reminded of the pat phrase, uh, there, there is help available, you know, for whatever <laughs> problem, you know, we have in life. There's some place there's help, and yet uh, you, you have to sort of decide on your own that, yes, I will seek out this help, and then you have to find the help wherever it is. How, how do students having trouble find you, or, or are they sort of steered to you? <laughs> well, well, they are steered, um, and, and they are, we're built in because they, they have their first meeting with us during orientation. They, they've met with us initially when they've come to choose classes in the spring. Hmm. Then, they, then they'll see us again during orientation. Then they have a scheduled appointment with us during the first two weeks of school, another one a few weeks later, and then another one a few weeks later. So we have scheduled appointments all throughout the year. And when they come in for one appointment, we automatically schedule them for the next one, send them a little reminder card in their mailbox. And if they don't show up, we send them a card saying, oops, you missed your appointment. Make sure you drop down and see us. So we really try to just normalize the whole advising experience. It's not, it's not as if you only go see your advisor if you have problems. And we hope that through those series of regular appointments, they get to know us well enough and they feel comfortable enough coming down that when they do have a problem, we'll pop into their head pretty much right mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we can't solve every problem, but, but we, we can always steer them towards someone who can if it's something we can't assist them with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it would be unrealistic of me to say it, and of course they all do that every single time, <laughs> but, but we really, we have a pretty, a, a pretty decent success rate. In, in fact, sometimes we'll, 
we'll be trying to just have a staff meeting or something, and a, a lot of students will be dropping down for assistance with something. So even though it makes it a little hard to sit down and have a meeting, that's how we really know we're doing our job when we're seeing students come in with questions and problems, and, and we're we're the person that they thought of for assistance. Hmm. And we try to get out there on campus, too. Uh, a lot of times a student will have just a little question and they, they don't want to get down. Well, two of the advisors play basketball every Wednesday. I do lots of running and walking around campus. We'll, we'll eat in the cafeteria every week or so and just try to be seen a lot on campus so the students hmm. just get used to seeing their advisor wandering around. Hmm. Wandering around. <laughs> wandering aimlessly <laughs> through the halls. <laughs> One of my only direct encounters with with you and and in your office, I should say, <laughs> is uh, the experience that that we as uh, faculty members have when we have a student who is what is it getting a D or getting an F <laughs> in a course, and we have to sort of duly note that, and that that gets sent to you, and then you take it from there. I remember I remember we used to have to fill out a form, making some comments and so on, mm-hmm. saying what exactly is the problem and what is the uh, prognosis for this student's future in this particular course and so on. And then uh, we hope that somebody somewhere um, can, can help them kind of find their way. Yeah, that, it's always disconcerting the day that those come in. We get this big pile that have, that have the, the listings of the students who are getting a D or an F in a course at midterm. And then we have to try and figure out how we can best help these students. Generally, what happens in those cases, which is, it's, it's always sort of a, a disappointing day because you just, you hope everyone's doing well, but realistically, we know they can't all be. So we, we encourage them to come down to the office. The, I think everyone has their own style in dealing with this. What I will often do is try and make sure the student knows that getting a D or F at midterm doesn't mean they just ruined their whole entire life. Mm. Because a lot of times they're, they get that letter in their mailbox and they sort of throw up their hands like, oh, my gosh, I've totally messed up. So we try to look, what can you do today to try and fix this? Can you talk with your instructor today? What time can you talk with your instructor today? What will you say when you talk to them? Let's sort of practice that a little bit. Mm. Um, we have wonderful academic support services. We have tutoring. We have the writing center. We have supplemental instruction, and we try to get them hooked up with that right away if they haven't already been getting help in that way. Try to encourage them to stay in really close contact with their instructors. And, you know, in, in some cases, it's a better choice for them to drop a course. But, but in lots of cases, they really are able to pull that D or F up at that point. As a first-year student, a lot of them have made mistakes and that's that's all the wake up call they need is to get that oh my goodness i was in denial and now i've been mm. jolted out of it by this <laughs> nasty letter so actually the letter's not nasty it, it it also implies that that there's lots of help available and it has their advisor's name right on there so we really do try to try to encourage them to to think positive about it and work to correct it not just say well you messed up <laughs> Too bad for you. Better luck next time. Yeah, no, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. You you mentioned some academic support resources that are mm-hmm. available. Are those under the auspices of the advising center also, or is that some sort of separate uh, office? Uh, academic support services, I think, are under the auspices of the advising center. We, I'm trying, yes, I think they are. We we have the same, the same sort of 
supervision, but they they have their own, they have their own space. But it's very close to our office, so a lot of times I'll say, "Do you know where tutoring is?" And the student will say, "Yeah," mm. and I'll think, uh, "No, you don't." <laughs> so I say, "Well, let, let's walk down there. I'll show you where it is, or let uh, me walk you down and introduce you to one of the writing fellows." Right. Let's talk first about tutoring. Who are the tutors? Are, are these other students? Yes, they are. They're peer tutors, and they're they're students who have done well in the course they'll be tutoring. So a lot of times one of the biggest advantages that they have, and this goes for the supplemental instructors too, is they will have had X professor and they'll say, oh, you know what, when, when he asks for a definition, he wants the exact wording, or when she asks for a definition, she wants some analysis in there too. So they'll be able to give a little insight into the instructor. I, I, I overheard a supplemental instructor, no, actually, excuse me, it was one of the writing fellows talking to one of my students saying, oh, here's what you got to do. She hates it if you don't do that. And then mm. I walked in and I thought, oh, they, <laughs> they've got my number. Ah. So, I, But I think that's, that's really useful. I think it's also very non-threatening to just talk to another student about it. They, they seem to they, they seem to know what the other student has been going through, so that, that's hmm. really a big advantage to Is them. Is that like a work-study thing, the, the yes, students that are they're, tutors? they're paid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We also have supplemental instructors who are students who act as model students. They actually sit through a class that they've, that they've taken previously, act as model students, then they run some supplemental instructing sessions where they... I was going to say where they supplement. Well, I guess that goes without saying where they try and underscore what the instructor has been teaching. Oh. And they and they run several sessions a week that the students can attend. So that's really a, a that's neat an, thing. That's an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. We should talk about the writing center as well. Yes. This brings back really vivid memories for me. <laughs> I remember when I took uh, advanced composition in high school, advanced comp, um, I remember older students, friends, coming back from college saying, make sure you take Miss Howarth's advanced comp class because it's going to be the best thing you ever did because we got to college and saw students around us who did not know the first thing about writing a serious paper. And, and we did, and we just felt like we were miles ahead. And, and sure enough, I had the exact same experience going to, going to college that some students come in very well prepared for that and others... Not at all, and I'm sure that is a devastatingly uh, difficult experience. Well, it, it is difficult, and there's a lot of writing that students have to do as first-year students. Right. The nice thing about the Writing Center is it's staffed, again, with students who are writing fellows who've shown that they have some really strong writing skills. What they're able to do is meet the student where they are. If they're already a very strong writer, they can still go down to the Writing Center and get help. The writing fellow will sit down with any point of an assignment from the very first day the instructor hands you the piece of paper that says the assignment on it all the way to the third draft when you're still rewriting. So they're able to, to sit with the students and really really work with them. They don't just sit there and correct the grammar and say, here you go, and send mm -hmm. them on their merry way. They really try to work with them to develop skills and and find within themselves where their writing skills are. It's just a, it's a terrific program. In fact, I took a course last fall myself, and I, I had uh, an instructor who was a a challenging grader, let's just say, and I actually brought my paper down to the writing center and said, how? So it was, it was kind of neat. Uh, I'm curious, were you, uh, were you a good student in college as you, as, I mean, because as you deal with some of these students who uh, have difficulties, are you thinking back to difficulties you had or, or uh, were you quite successful and then, uh, and you have to approach this from kind of a different angle. Well, uh, it's, since I think my parents might hear this, I, I'll have to tell you that <laughs> that I, I had 
I, I always had that comment on my report card, doesn't apply herself, mm. which, which just basically meant that, that there was things that I liked, and I did really well, extremely well in those. I did great in my theater classes. And then there were things that I was less interested in, and, gee, I never quite made it to that biology class as often as I thought I would. But, but also, as I look back on it, the courses where I was having difficulty, I didn't really know how to approach it. I had this biology class as a senior, and I thought, oh, I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> and um, not to say anything bad about biology, that this just happened to be the course that really, that really gave me difficulty. So I, I do have some insight into what they're going through. And, and I, will, I will say to them, especially those when they're sitting there with that letter that says they're getting a D or an F, saying, you know, I, I got the, that letter, and not from, not from Carthage. I went to a different college. But... But it didn't. It didn't ruin my life. Look, I, I have a master's degree. I'm. I graduated, and and I think that that is helpful. But I think where I'm cautious is I don't say, well, when I was going through this, I did this. So why don't you right. do that too? Um, but I I really can empathize with them. I I just remember having a course that was really difficult and just thinking, oh, I just don't even know what I'm going to do, and and not not knowing what to do and feeling as if I was drowning. And I think that that, mm. that feeling, I'm glad I didn't forget that because it's been really extremely useful in talking with students. I'm sure. Because I'll say that sometimes. I, do you just feel like you're drowning? And they'll say, oh, yes, totally. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm feeling. So. Uh, well, and I suppose that that's going to happen when we're talking about a school like Carthage that prides itself on being a, a very demanding institution mm -hmm. academically, uh, if it was was some school where um, the the demands made were were much more modest, mm -hmm. then I'm I'm sure those drowning <laughs> experiences aren't, aren't aren't maybe quite so so common. But uh, that that's simply going to happen when you. Uh, expect the best from people. Well, sure, and I think that that I'll say that to students about about a number of issues. If they'll say, "Oh, I'm so disappointed because X X X isn't going well for me," I'll say, "You know, if every single thing was going well for you, I would wonder what was wrong with you." Because every student has things that they struggle with. It's it's part of life. I think we can probably think about our lives today and think, "Well, I I do struggle with with different things in my life, just as just as they do as students, and it's it's just part of life." Mm. So I, I think that we really do try to normalize the situation as much as we can, not to, not to belittle it or say, well, everyone has problems. Mm -hmm. Next. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but Get just, over it. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> no. But, but just, just to really say, you know, that is something that happens. Um, and one thing I often say when students come into my office and I can tell they want to tell me something, but they can't quite say it. I will say there's nothing you can say that would shock me. I've heard it all. Mm. And, and, I, and I think that, that really, well, it probably isn't true. I'm sure someone will say something now today <laughs> that I'll think, hey, I never heard that one before. But, but really, the, the problems that they have, we, we have heard lots of different stuff, and, and nothing, nothing really shocks us anymore. Mm. So I think it is a very safe place for students to come. Mm. Well, that's good. This may be kind of a difficult question, but oh, great. do you feel like uh, do you feel like a, a big part of your job is to keep people at Carthage? Because I'm sure at least once in a while those those situations arise where maybe Carthage is is simply too demanding a place for a given student who perhaps would be more successful in an entirely different situation. I bet that becomes a a, a very a very tough 
moment for for you and the student maybe well I, I think that I think that that despite other than academics there is lots of reasons why a student leaves the place and what we try to focus on is was there is there anything that we could have done to try and help that student to try and stay at Carthage and be successful and that that is part of what what my 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 day deals with if this student's having having some difficulty, is there anything I can try and do to work with them to deal with that? So, so of course, it, it's disappointing when a student leaves, and, and, and we hate to see that happen. We, we really do try to focus on what each student needs. To, for, for some students, for example, having a rough academic semester is going to be very helpful to them in the long run, which sounds a little strange, mm. um, because, because they're going to they're gonna suddenly realize this is something I want for myself. So having that, I've heard a lot of students say it to me, having that rough semester was the best thing that ever happened to me. Hmm. But what we try to try to help them avoid is that rough semester led to another rough semester, which mm-hmm. led to another rough semester, which led to me leaving. So we really do try to try to help students in any way we can. We, we hope that Carthage will be the right place for each student. Now, when it isn't and, and it's time for them to go if I can sit sit there and say, "Did I do everything I could?" and if I can say yes, then then there's nothing there's nothing more I could do. I couldn't. I, I don't think I could live with myself if I went home every day saying there must be something, mm. but, because sometimes a student will just leave. But but we do try to try to do everything we can to get every student to stay who who is able to to stay. Hmm. Is it exhausting work? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, some days it's a little tiring, but but most days I I go home and I think I think wow, one student came in today and they were they were really sad and when they left they they had a little leap in their step and they were doing much better and and so that it makes it less tiring. In fact, I I was having a a really tiring day and I got home and a friend of mine called me and said that she's a teacher, and her co-teacher in the classroom had been a student a long time ago, and they were talking about their experiences in college. And this one student said, oh, when I was a freshman, I just had so much trouble, and I just didn't know where I was going, and I was a mess, and I had to go and talk to this lady all the time. And then, and then, you know, all of a sudden, I just started doing a lot better. And I always think of that lady, and I wonder where it is now, where mm. she is now, and it was me. Ah. So, so uh, that was, it was a particularly well-timed to think that, uh, that Teresa is now, now doing well, and she's out there. So I, I think it does take a lot of faith to not, to not let the job exhaust you, to think, yes, that was very tiring today, but I know that I was able to help a lot of students, mm-hmm. and they're going to go off and have a great life, and, yeah. and maybe I had a tiny something to do with that. Yeah. So I really I, I th- Making a difference is, yeah. is one of the best feelings in the world, and it can help you justify a, a, lot, of, <laughs> a lot of things, a lot of exhaustion and sweat and so on. Mm-hmm. What would be your advice for a, a, a young uh, 17 or 18-year-old who will be going off to college next year? Um, Aunt Marla's uh, <laughs> advice for <laughs> new college students going in. Uh, having seen what you have from first-year college students, maybe just certain things that they seem not to be fully prepared for, what are, what are some of the things you you would like most college students uh, to think about as they as they enter the life? Well, well, as advisors, our our team of advisors often talks about this because we have a very 
small window of opportunity when we register the brand new students. We, we are going to say a lot of things to them, but we know that we only have a fighting chance of them remembering about three things. The very first thing that students should think about when they're getting ready to go away to college is now is the only time in their life that they really have the opportunity to skip class without any bad consequences, and they should never do that. They should always, <laughs> always, always go to class. That, that's probably the, the number one thing that I hear from students who are doing poorly is that they skip too many classes. Um, the second thing, and this is, this is a little more um, just for their whole experience, is to keep a very open mind. They're, they're going to be meeting people who they've never met. They're going to walk into a classroom and that they're going to think that teacher's funny looking and, and they're not going to really, they're not going to ever have seen anyone like that instructor before. That really open-minded attitude is going to help them because as they as they develop expectations of college based on, someone told me, um, based on Animal House and Beverly Hills 90210, <laughs> they're, they're going to find that, that those things are, are not really true. And, and I think to stay in, in good contact with their advisors and their instructors, know that everyone who's working at a college is there because they want to work at a college. Take advantage of everything that's out there. Take advantage of, of the fact that the instructor knows your name after class and say, hey, Professor so-and-so, I'd really like to talk to you about what we talked about in class. I'm not sure I understood it. And as soon as they can get the idea that their instructors and advisors are there for them, they're going to be able to find the help that they need right away. They're not going to be drowning before they get that life preserver thrown at them. But so those would be three things I'd say. Um, I think some other students would probably add some, or some students, I should say, I'm not a student, um, would probably add some other things related to how frequently you party, what floors to not hang out on, and things like that. But uh, those are things I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know as much about. Mm. But really, the number one is just go to class. Hmm. It sounds pretty simple, but you'd be surprised. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you should say that. I didn't skip class a lot when I was in college, but I skipped it some. And it's funny. You can kind of get intoxicated with that sense of, I'm an adult. I can mm -hmm. skip class if I want to. I mean, you you have this odd feeling inside of you, like like it's somehow a sign of maturity sure. to, to decide to skip class. And... Um, I, I hasten to add, I didn't do it a lot, but I can see how somebody could really fall into that pattern an awful lot. Like, th this is one thing that college students do. Oh, and sure. And it is something, but something that too many college students do too much. Well, and and if you think about it, those 8 o'clock classes, it is a little hard to get up in the morning. One thing, I, I just talked to a student, and this, I think, was an example where I, I did say, here's what I used to do, so try this. I, I used to um, sleep in my sweats. And then mm. I would just get up the next morning, put my hair in a ponytail, brush my teeth, and go. I mean, I, I, I shudder to think what I must have looked like. But, but I made it to that 8 o'clock class mm. because I knew I had to get there. And I think that, that for a lot of students, just something like have a box of Pop-Tarts in your room so you can just grab something to eat on the way to class and, and just make it there as opposed to saying, well, I haven't eaten breakfast, I'm mm. really hungry, da, 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 da. I'm not going to go. And, and I think that there's, some, there's peer pressure, too, um, if if you and I are supposed to go to the gym and work out, but instead we decide to go and get a hot fudge sundae, well, if we're doing it together, it doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> so so I think that, that that's something that a lot of students run into. Well, my roommate didn't go either. Yeah. So that, it's a pretty, wow. pretty tough one. Hmm. 
Well, it's been fun to hear about life in the trenches for, uh, I mean, the the day-in, day-out kinds of experiences you, you deal with, the stories you hear, and the advice that you give, uh, hoping to improve the situation for some of these students, and, of course, to pat the pat pat the backs of those students who are uh, doing really fine and fortunately that's mm-hmm. the majority of people that you that you see and uh, who you listen to so this has been a helpful discussion i hope we get to have it again sometime we didn't really get to talk about your study skills class and i think that would be a whole another very interesting conversation that we will have uh, on another time all right thanks very much and Mar- if any of my students are out there tell them to go to class okay <laughs> Mar- marla greenspan she is an advisor for first year students uh, at, in Carthage's uh, advising center and uh, She's been uh, our guest on the morning show today here on WGTD-FM 91.1.